Hello and welcome to the Hiring Enablement Podcast. My name is Gavin Spears, CEO of Solutions Driven, a global recruiting partner that guarantees right first time hiring. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to build a hiring funnel that's focused on potential. We are hearing of a lot of companies who are moving away from purely evaluating candidates based on experience and focusing more on skills and potential, really looking at how they can diversify the talent that's coming into their organisation. And I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by Peter Torgerson. Peter is based in Denmark and has been working in TA almost all of his career, just over 20 years, and continues to enjoy the challenges as well as the continual learning and growing in the sector. He has mostly worked with large global organisations within technology and engineering, but has also worked in some scale-up organisations, which again was a great learning experience. He is well-travelled, having lived in many different places, including Norway, Italy, the UK, Germany, and now Denmark. And from a career point of view, Petter was involved in rebuilding the staffing function at Cisco, was involved in building TA capability at Schneider Electric, at AID was involved in scaling the organization from 150 to 300 people within a year, and is currently the VP of Global Talent Acquisition at Alpha Laval, where he is building TA capability globally, including investing in new technology improvements. Outside of work, Petter is also kept busy with two young children, as well as a real passion for snowboarding, and when he gets the chance, traveling back to Norway to go off-piste snowboarding. So Petter, welcome to the podcast. Awesome to be here. Thank you, Gavin. No problem at all. So, so I think we'll, we'll dive right in. I mean, today, as I said, we're, we're going to be talking about how do we build a hiring funnel for potential? And I know that it's a topic that you are very passionate about. I think maybe as a starting point, you know, in, in your experience and in the work that you are doing, have done, what would be your advice to other organisations on how do they almost reshape their hiring funnel to start looking at, you know, untapped potential and looking at more than just, for example, experience and education? Yeah. Well, it's it's a big topic, right? And uh, But for me, ultimately, uh, fundamentally, I believe that, that recruitment processes, many places are, 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 are turned upside down. Um, so, you know, the data points at a start of a, of a process is typically experience, education. That's what you read from someone's CV. Yep. Um, you know, as you go through a process, manual screening, which is something requiring a lot of work, manual. Uh, there's inaccuracies in that, biases in that. Um, Within the interview process, of course, you, you try to focus on the competencies, the behaviors, assessments tend to come towards the end, um, final few as, as part of your interview process, but again, towards the end of the funnel. Um, and, and, and so for me, you're, you know, you're really basing a lot of your initial screening and selection on experience and and education and you don't have data points on let's say behaviors competencies until you come far down the, the the funnel and then you've lost a lot of those candidates already um so so for me it almost starts with trying to 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 sort of that upside down process to reverse that and, and try mm -hmm. to get the data points on behaviors earlier. If you don't, how are you going to, to let's say, make any decisions upon them? Mm -hmm. It's excellent. And, and I guess just linking on from that, I mean, if you're, how do you then involve the hiring managers in that change process? So how do you get, you know, a hiring population to more 
to focus more on evaluating potential as well as then reducing biases, you know, in the in the hiring process. I think there are, there are many many steps to that, and and it's a critical point. Um, you know, one can say it's it's a little bit intellectual, right? Looking at that process and and sort of turning it around looks good on paper, makes sense, but making that happen um real life is is difficult because you will have managers who are used to looking at experience um education to some extent and in their eyes have been you know successfully hiring against those criteria so um and you know the journey um as it relates to diversity inclusion you know some are further down that sort of road than others so that's that's also something to 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 work through um but for me, I mean, there are some fundamental things to work through before you come to that, say, hiring manager change. Um, uh, how do you define potential? Um, yep. You know, what 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 are the reasons why you should look at that, and and what do you need to overcome as 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 part of hiring for potential? Um, so, yeah, lots to cover there. So we can we can go deeper into that as well. Yeah, and and maybe just taking that, you know, that just to to kind of pick up on that point. In your experience, whether it be through different organizations, but how do you typically suggest measuring potential and looking at potential in, in candidates? What are the, the kind of the ways that you would suggest assessing that? Well, I, and I think that is the key question. How, how do mm -hmm. you define uh, potential? Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what the, let's say, right answer to lines sort of underneath is on, on that one, but we, we've had a few different approaches. So we've used, uh, we've traditionally used competencies. So I, I've seen, you know, and I've been part of efforts, still am, uh, where we look at competencies, competency frameworks. Uh, here at Alpha Laval, we, we have a competency framework where we have Four competencies, which we designate as as drivers for potential. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for us, that's agility, acumen, learning ability, and and drive for results. Mm -hmm. um, but they, I mean, my challenge here, and um, I, I'm not fully comfortable with that way of defining it because it, it it's a bit universal and a bit too universal. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there is a need to. You know, as you look at that definition for potential to, to look at that as it relates to jobs. Uh, so there's yes. a timing and a job element in, in, in that. And if you look at that competency framework, you can argue, well, uh, a competency like uh, learning ability. Um, mm -hmm. You would argue having a higher learning ability is generally better. Having a lower one is probably not so good. Um, so there's a, a sort of a, a sort of a, the more, the better and, and, and less is a bit of a challenge, um, mm. generally speaking. Yeah. So, so for me, it's, it's, you know, and that, but it's an interesting data point. So what, what is that learning ability? And, and it's important to have it. So you can argue there is one, maybe more overarching definition of potential through competencies, but then it's more down to, to jobs. And then perhaps it's more about how do you learn? So if you have that learning ability, how do you actually learn? And 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 that, let's say, way of learning, uh, how does that match to different jobs? And that could mm -hmm. be different. And then you're not talking good or bad. You're just talking different ways of doing it, mm -hmm. which might match you to, to different opportunities, to different jobs. Mm -hmm. So, 
and and I'm leaning more towards that side of it and, and matching at say defining and matching more towards jobs and yeah. and that that potential can sort of go up and down as as you move. Um, mm -hmm. that potential can somewhat reach somewhat be reached um, as well. So it's not necessarily infinite. Um, no, excellent, super, really, really good insight. I mean, I think, you know, you, you have way more experience on hiring for potential than I do, but one of the things we see that almost reduces the chance of hiring for potential is just bias, you know? So, you know, hiring people like yourself with the same background, et cetera, what, what success or tactics or techniques have you used to just try and minimize, you know, the, the kind of standard biases you would get through that hiring process? Well, I think for me, a little bit back to what I mentioned earlier. So there, you know, with, with the, let's say, recruitment process funnel upside down and, and trying to kind of reverse that, I, yeah. um, you, know, you need some data points on potential. And then again, back to definitions that could be competencies, could be behaviors, traits, uh, and again, leaning towards matching that towards jobs. As you start to gather those data points, that's part of it, right? So you need to gather yeah. those data points. Um, then it's an exercise to say, well, how are people behaving, having those behavioral traits, competencies within those jobs as it relates to performance? So, so here you're starting to build that, let's say, case to say, well, with these competencies, traits, behaviors, uh, we see a higher performance in these jobs, uh, and uniquely so. So there are some traits, behaviors, competencies, we we can say based on the data we're seeing that you know if you have them typically high performer if you don't typically not so mm -hmm. that being an exercise a uh, big exercise but but gathering those data points allows you to more effectively build those business cases to say that there is a correlation and then mm -hmm. again back to gathering those data points gathering them top of funnel you can yeah. say screen people in based on some of these uh, behaviors, traits, um, and then again, back to bias, while well, move away from purely looking at those experiences and yeah. education. Um, so, but, but, but that for me is, it's a bit of a journey, right? So are you going to have, let's say that the, the perfect, um, you know, the perfect data to say, you, you know, behaviors, traits, competencies, as it relates to every job and, and high performers? No. So, but starting somewhere and starting on that journey, uh, you'll learn along the way uh, and working with the managers on that. And of course, as, as you do hire more based on behaviors, traits, um, start looking at, you know, is it actually playing out as you hope for? Do you see mm -hmm. that strong correlation? You know, the ones you, you know, that were supposed to be those high performers. Are they actually high performers? Yeah. Are they the ones that you rate as as high potential? Are mm -hmm. you promoting them? Do you see that performance? Mm -hmm. Are they staying in your organization? Are you leaving? And are they leaving? Um, so th there's a lot uh, about, let's say, there, there's some work around definitions here, definitions of potential um, and, and how you approach that. There's something around, you know, specific to job. Mm -hmm. uh, and then how you define those, you know, that job architecture and, and, um, and then there's something around the data, the data that you gather and the analytics you do on the back end and the insights you gather. Um, mm -hmm. but, but for me, it's, it's quite clear 
I mean, one thing is bias. So, yeah. and we know that the world is, I mean, changing. You see a shrinking work, workforce in many big economies, uh, skills gaps, geopolitical challenges, immigration as, as a result of that. So there's a sort of two sides to that. This puts a lot of pressure on being able to recruit differently, in my mind. Just continuing basing your recruitment based on experience and education is going to be harder and harder. Um, you're probably going to have to pay a premium for some of that talent as well, because a lot of yeah. people are going after the same talent, same talent yeah. pools. So having, a, let's say, stronger approach on potential back to your definition again, probably opens some doors. It allows you to, let's say, tap into a broader talent pool. Uh, yeah. And you, you can be cynical and say there's probably even some, you know, financial incentives in that as well. You can you can probably attract uh, without paying that premium, perhaps. You'll get a more diverse workforce. It's a win-win, really. Um, so, Yeah. Now, excellent, Super. I mean, I think one of the things we see a lot when we're dealing with hiring managers and you're trying to open that talent pool is, is what you said earlier is around, you know, how do we screen in rather than screen out? And that's not, you know, accepting talent that isn't capable, but it's just trying to open, you know, open the, the eyes out a little bit further. We talk a lot about hiring insanity, which is really, you know, doing the same things and hoping for different results. So if, if the, the goal is to how do we increase, you know, the 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 potential of, of talent, as you said earlier, it's about doing, you know, different things, looking at different data points, et cetera. Excellent. No, really, really good. What about the external view? I mean, again, we've talked a lot about, you know, how do we assess that potential internally, but maybe externally, how do we, you know, then identify and attract talent that has potential? You know, how do we get that EVP more aligned to potential, aligned to the, the vision goals, et cetera? Yeah, well, what I spoke on so far as well, for me, very much applies externally as, as well as internally. You can argue internally you have even more data points, right? So here you have your, let's say, internal processes, talent management, the way you, you let's say, look at that talent and evaluate. Um, but as you look externally, again, it's back to gathering those data points. And, and here's where assessment can can help. Now... And there are many different, let's say, providers, solutions, technologies out there that can help you. And you know which one is the best? I'm I'm not sure. Um, but to use some sort of assessment which you can scale up top of funnel to help you gather those data points, help you, um, let's say, screen in helps you uh, be more objective in the way that you look at potential. And again, back to definitions, right? If that's based on behaviors, traits, competencies, yep. uh, and again, matching that to, to, to job, but that will, that will give you, let's say a data point you didn't have before when you only had that CV. Um, mm -hmm. And, and here's where, you know, you talked about the hiring manager change, which is a big, big part of this. Um, but there's also a big part of this, which is that, let's say, that the, the candidate mindset here. Um, you know, the market is, it, it, we're looking at, you know, attention spans reducing, right? And mm -hmm. application processes that are supposed to be, you know, extremely swift. Um, yeah. easy candidate experience is incredibly important. Um, so, you know, how, how do you, how do you get your 
talents to go through that assessment top of funnel, to take that time. And and here's where I think a little bit back to what you mentioned. That's a little bit about the why. It's about being able to explain that. Why are we doing this? Is this to... Um, you know, just another tool to to kick you out of a process or decline you, or is this? Mm. Um, and 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 here's my angle, right? I think this is something we need to articulate as an opportunity to to give us some insights that can help rule you in. Um, and of course, there's there's two sides to it. Uh, the behaviors and traits in which you display might disqualify you for a job, of course, mm. but it can also include you. Yeah. And and more so, it can it can include you when you do not have those, let's say, experiences or, or education that that we would otherwise look at. Mm-hmm. So that's an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and and if we can position it like that, and and reduce, let's say, all the other components of that application process to make it super swift. So if that's down to a minimum, and 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 the candidate focuses more on sharing those behavioral traits or competencies mm-hmm. um, because you want those completion rates. You want the, mm-hmm. th- those data points. If you don't, then you're equally blind as as mm-hmm. before. Um, so there's a big change here with that. Let's say that the, the candidate on the candidate side, back yeah. to EVP, you need to be clear in your storytelling. Why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, on your websites, on on your job ads, uh, but but generally speaking, and and that message needs to connect, right? It can't be sort of sitting in isolation and and maybe mm-hmm. even contradicting other things that you're speaking yeah. of as an organization. So, um, I think that change management with candidates, but also mm-hmm. then, of course, then the change management with the managers. And mm-hmm. we spoke on that a little bit earlier with the managers. I believe it's really around gathering that data and, and displaying, you know, being able to show that it relates to performance or potential, or um, you know, people being uh, promoted, or 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 mm-hmm. you know, what those definitions of success might be. Excellent, and and I think you're really right on the candidate side. I mean. You know, so two things, if, if top of the funnel is an assessment, then you've, as you as you said, you've got the, you know, how do we get the candidate to complete that? But also, if you're trying to attract candidates who typically wouldn't, for example, work in the sector that yes. you're you're looking to hire, you've got almost the, the kind of getting over that, you know, hurdle of why is this right for me? And then, the, you know, facing, I need to do an assessment. So you're right, it's a change management piece on the, on the candidate side as well, for sure. Exactly. And, and I think that that shouldn't be underestimated. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. What about, um, you know, then when, then when talent joins the organization, so in your experience, you know, what can organizations do to really ensure that that onboarding is, is you know, excellence in onboarding, especially for that potential who maybe haven't worked in that sector, maybe have come from a very different background. How do you set potential up for success, I guess? Yeah, and, and here's where things need to, connect because we spoke mm-hmm. a little bit on let's say the candidates behaviors expectations what we're asking for and why mm-hmm. uh, we spoke a little bit about working with the managers on driving that change and somewhat convince them that this is you know what you should be looking at and that's the balancing act so yeah. i think it's important to say as well that with this we're not necessarily saying that experience is not important anymore mm-hmm. um you know, skills is a big topic. You know, you could argue with behaviors or, or potential. You're talking more about, let's say, the soft skill sides of things. Mm-hmm. Um, with experience, you know, more on the the hard 
skills and skills goes across. But um, but I think as as you hire and and on board, things need to connect. Um, mm-hmm. So and you can look at that in a translation of a candidate's experience into an employer or an employee experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be seamless. Here we can talk about you know process tools, communication, etc. Um, yep. But but I think for me it's it's you know I'd like to maybe focus a little bit more on you know how do we operate within HR where we need to be connected. Uh, mm-hmm. You know as you look at that potential. Um, Learning becomes incredibly important. You know, inclusion becomes incredibly important. Being open to, you know, different ways of working, different experiences. So again, inclusion, internal mobility, talent management. So all these kind of different functions sometimes or initiatives or work streams really need to connect. Uh, How you look at that potential as you bring it in should somewhat connect with how you look at potential within the organization. And when you look at hiring externally, it should somewhat connect to how you're hiring internally. Not necessarily the same, but connected. Um, mm-hmm. So it does put a lot of pressure on HR to be, I'm using the word connected, but but certainly not siloed. Uh, really think about those uh, experiences end to ends, but also how these different work streams connect and play off each other. And I think the manager, again, you spoke about the hiring manager before. Um, So with the support of some of these things that I mentioned, um, you know, but that needs to come to life within the teams. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So, so there needs to be an environment where, where that potential can be unlocked and, and flourished. And a lot of that Mm -hmm. is down to, to the managers. So it's not just the change management as it relates to hiring. It's the change management as it relates to everything else when they're on board. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. And and before I, I, I maybe kind of close and ask you one final question, but I think in summary, you know, it's, it's, it's fine saying, you know, let's have a funnel that hires for potential, but really what you're saying is, you know, the organization needs to be clear on why you want to hire for potential. You know, the, the talent acquisition team needs to be clear on how to assess. The hiring team needs to be aware on how to then, you know, select and assess. The candidate has to go through a change management process to be interested in, you know, applying for a role at an organization they may have not done in the past. But then equally on the back end of that process, how is HR and the business aligned to ensure they can unlock you know, and develop the potential that they wanted to hire. So it really is a connected journey, you know, as you as you talk through it. Absolutely. And as you embark on it, you will learn a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So you will not get it right the first time. And yep. we spoke on some of these pressure points, right? When it comes to, you know, connecting that, you know, potential, your definition of that to performance as yep. it relates to jobs, that's, that's a big area of, of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which assessments do you use to, to support you in some of this work as uh, as well? Uh, and 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 we we've started we've uh, we've applied this now we we just went live so we're trying um, mm-hmm. literally just a couple of uh, days ago we we went live mm-hmm. with some of these technologies to um, to start assessing top of funnel so we're learning mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that's that's going to be critical learning and then mm-hmm. adjusting um, yeah. being transparent in that as as well. Mm-hmm. Good. Excellent. Maybe to close off, you know, for other TA leaders or HR leaders that are listening to the, the podcast, what would be your biggest learning or insights you would share with, with other peers, whether it be on hiring for potential or just generally, you know, the, the TA landscape? 
Yeah. Well, you know, as you mentioned in your introduction, I've I've been working within this function for quite a while, and mm -hmm. uh, but but it looks very differently today than it looked back then, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of change, and of course, technology coming now and and disrupting more than ever. Uh, but I think for me, it's maybe down to some basics. Um, you have to be that that driver of change before before change drives you or you know the the good old disrupt before you get disrupted i think it's becoming more and more important and and with that you need to to dare to try to fail mm -hmm. um you need to know who your customers you need to know what what problems or opportunities you're looking to solve for um yes. i think you need to be very clear on your kind of overarching strategy and prioritize uh, mm -hmm. within that, because there are so many things we could do. I mean, technology enables a lot. And there are, again, the world around us changing. Uh, so many things to look at, but just be clear on on priorities and, and start somewhere. Again, yeah. start moving. And, and I think maybe the biggest learning for me, honestly speaking, is um, communication, collaboration. Uh, mm. I think TA's gone through a little bit of a journey here. So from being, uh, from its emergence to maybe being a little bit siloed, a little bit sort of mm. sitting uh, somewhat outside of HR. Um, and uh, and almost even proudly so, but, but I think it's incredibly important now, this connectivity. You're yeah. not going to be able to solve these things on your own. Uh, they, you know, everything you do needs to be in, in, in connection with this broader ecosystem within HR and the business. So communication and collaboration, more important than ever. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Super. So again, first of all, Peter, thank you so much for your time and insights. Really, really appreciate it. And a really interesting topic. And I'm sure we could have talked uh, even longer, but uh, hopefully that's given the listeners just some, some insights. Thanks to the listeners. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And please do feedback. If you've got any topics that you would like us to talk through in future, uh, let us know. And finally, thanks again, Peter, for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, many thanks, Kevin. Pleasure. Great. Thank you.